two, one. Welcome back to another episode of the Have We Made It Yet podcast. If this is your first time, or again, I know I always say this, it might be the 70th time listening. This is the show where two creatives and their guests talk about the process of making it. I am Lucas Ng, the actor portion of this podcast, and I'm joined by my co-host. And I am Josh Yang, the comedian portion of this podcast. He is the illustrious, gorgeous co-host of this amazing podcast that we have. And if I may, Josh, I just want to uh, extend happy uh new year in 2022 and uh merry christmas whatever you celebrated it's been a minute josh i missed you yeah it's been a it's been a long dark i keep going into like (laughs) the long dark periods of time in between but i mean i'm it's just it's winter but like hey merry christmas happy holidays happy new years as well it's a new year let's hope it's not 2022 okay that pun has been butchered over and over again, literally in the first few days, everybody's saying, oh, 2022, oh, 2022. But um, yeah, let's hope it's not another 2020. So uh, yeah, happy new year. Hope it, it's a better year for you and all of our listeners. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's been all right. If I may ask you just to start this podcast off, because we do have a hard out today because we have an amazing guest here, mm. Mr. Josh Young. In 2022, have you made it yet? I have not made it yet. And, uh, you know, we'll just keep going until until things happen and, and things make it or whatever. And, um, you know, I don't know, maybe this year, New Year's resolution res- resolution is to uh, to do more comedy uh, when things open up again. Thank you, Omicron. But um, do more comedy when things get back and then yeah take it one step at a time progress and then uh work towards it but uh yeah in that knowing that hey yeah. lucas have you made it yet josh i forgot how like smooth your voice is and it literally lulled me into like the most calm that i've ever been nice. i could have used you earlier today when i was at work uh no i have not made it yet um but i recently i made my uh my demo reel for 2022 yes i saw oh oh yeah 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 thank you josh thank you um and it made me realize although like when you go day to day you kind of forget like the incremental progress that you've made Hmm. but after collecting those footages for um this past year and, and beyond it does make me realize you know what lucas it may not feel like you've done a lot but you have and be okay with that fact that you have done all that you could. So, of course, haven't made it yet, but I do feel steps are being made. And that's all I can really uh, cling on to right now. Yeah. 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 Um, Josh. Yes. Let's get into you, it. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So for the first guest of 2022, we, we, ha- we have a great one here. All right. So. I first met our next guest at a Zoom panel during the Vancouver Asian Film Festival and was blown away by his experience in the film industry and overall desire for more Asian representation in film and TV. His experience is second to none as he has worked behind and in front of the camera. He's done stunt work for for the series Man in the High Castle and the movie Skyscraper. More recently, he's worked as a producer on the smash Netflix series Firefly Lane and the film Two Hearts. Currently, he's at the highly successful studio Bright Light Pictures in Vancouver, 
as director of production and development, or he's developing a comedy series based on the amazing play Banana Boys. I recently read it and it's amazing to play Josh. His many roles in the film world makes him an invaluable resource to this at times confusing entertainment industry. He's the one with many hats. Please welcome Aaron Owl. Hello, hello, and thanks for having me. No problem. Um, we're going to start it off with this, the namesake of our podcast here. Aaron, have you made it yet? Oh, that's like, I don't know. I, that's such a big question, but you know, it, I'm going to say yes and no. And, and I'll tell you kind of a two part. I'm, yes, because, um, you know, we can get into more of my career trajectory and stuff like that. But, um, you know, when I was a stunt guy, I set out to be a filmmaker and I wanted to make that transition, which was a very difficult thing because once people see you as one thing, it's hard to be seen as another thing. Mm. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to join Bright Light Pictures in 2016 um, and I was finally able to start making a living off of doing what I wanted to do, which, which is a combo of writing, directing and producing. More so producing, but, um, you know, it was an a, a, a an opportunity to learn how to produce, um, produce for some of the major networks, produce some amazing, you know, independent films and stuff like that. Um, and really get to a place where I can be influential. And, and to me, that's, what's the marker of, have I made it is I'm finally at a point where I can start hiring, you know, people of color. I can start looking for projects and getting projects made by people of color, um, you know, it is definitely a timing thing. Not only am I at this point where I can do that, but <laughs> luckily for us, you know, the world is finally open to seeing our faces and stuff like that. So, you know, in that sense, yeah, I've, I've made it, you know, um, I, I just did a feature film called Float with the director Sharon Lee, uh, you know, written by Sharon, uh, co-written by Sharon, directed by Sharon, uh, starring an Asian female lead, Andrea Bang, um, hmm. we had, uh, close to 25%, uh, of our crew were Asian, hmm. um, 50% were female, which is awesome. Um, but it's just the ability to do stuff like that. And, and, you know, I, I wasn't able to do that before and, and I'm able to do that now and I want to do that more. Amazing. Um, that's amazing that you do feel like it, it's a yes and no at the same time too there. Um, you did talk about your producing work there too. And although producing is somewhat related to development work, um, how do you feel your producing work has made you stand out in the, in the development world where you actually find projects to option and, and develop? Um, well, being at a company that, you know, has a name behind it is obviously very helpful. <laughs> um, but having the experience of, you know, and just kind of building a resume so that people can go, oh, okay, you know, he's worked for Netflix, he's worked for ABC, he's worked for Sony, you know, uh, it, it just kind of helps when I reach out to find projects and stuff like that. Because, you know, if you're developing projects from the ground up, um, you know, it may not be as hard. If you're going for IPs, you know, mm -hmm. it, it may be diff difficult because they go, well, who are you and can you pull it off? You know, do I do I trust you with my book or play or 
whatever it is, right? So that's where it kind of gets difficult. So I think, you know, having some bigger credits under my name is really what was able to help me get, you know, projects and stuff like that. Sure. It really does feel like you had, you had to like initially step and step-by-step process of like building that name for yourself. Um, I swear this is probably one of the major questions that aspiring writers and and people who who want to create really have a big question for it's, you know, when you're evaluating pitches and reading plays and novels, though, as a development executive, what hooks you? What keeps you uh, continually reading and eventually wanting to work with this uh, specific project? It really comes down to story and character. Hmm. And it can be about aliens. It can be about Asians. It can be about whatever. If if this, and this goes, you know, this is what makes films successful. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's gotta be about, you know, connection, uh, you know, like it's gotta be about people. It's gotta be human. If it doesn't have that, you can have the coolest world and coolest story, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And those movies do get made because, you know, the, 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 the big names that have some big ideas, they get those movies made. Um, but often they do forget about story and character Mm -hmm. and the strength that needs to be there. And when you get that, that's where you get these big blockbuster flops because they forget that, you know, all the cool eye candy in the world and the coolest world you create or the coolest character, uh, look and, and style and, and stuff is only cool for a few minutes. And then we've seen it. Mm -hmm why do I care about this character? What makes this character interesting? And why am I going to spend my 90 minutes or, you know, 120 minutes on this journey with this person? Um, And even more so, you know, in the development of television, you know, why am I going to commit 10 hours or 20 hours of binge watching Mm -hmm. with this, this person or these people in this world, you know, um, so that's the most important thing. It's, it's, it's character, it's story and it's authenticity too. You know, I, I encourage people to write what they know. Um, yes, you can, you know, there's people out there who can create characters and worlds and, and, and all that kind of stuff that they've never experienced, but it's, it's always easier, obviously, to, to write what you know, and, you know, find, find that story that you find, uh, is unique to you and, and tell it. Absolutely. And just really just going right into Banana Boys, which I find was an incredible play there too. Was that the same connection that you felt when you were, when you still are working with that play and trying to develop it? Was it that kind of character connection that you felt? Yeah. Banana Boys is interesting because Banana Boys has been over a 10 year journey for me. Mm. So it all started for me. It was, early, I want to say like 2010, maybe even a little bit before that. And I went and saw the play Hmm. and, you know, I knew some of the the actors in the play, local actors from Vancouver and, you know, support local actors and support theater and stuff like that. And I didn't know what I was getting into. I just go see plays because I enjoy them. And I was sitting there watching and I was kind of like dumbfounded. I was like, this is the first time I've seen like, Asian men as people, you know, there's no stereotypes. There's no, there's no ninjas. There's no, 
nothing. There's no triads. There's literally, they're just people. They, they're flawed. They have wants and needs. They're funny. They're, they're vulnerable. Um, and it was really like eye-opening to me. And one thing that it made me realize was that I, as an actor and a stunt guy, had never seen, auditioned, played any of those roles before. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, I said, I want to make this into movie, series, something. That was my passion. Mm-hmm. 10, 11, 12 years ago, nobody would put that on TV. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I could have made a movie about it maybe and got it out there, but it, it just there just wasn't really a huge appetite for it. And I also wasn't really, you know, I had done a couple of short films, but I wasn't really, you know, going to be able to make it big. Not, not that it has to be big production wise, but get it out there essentially. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of like had it in the back of my head, but what that, what that experience did for me was made me realize that I had never got to audition for those roles and never seen these roles be written and portrayed. And I was playing ninja number one and ninja number two and triad number one and triad number two. And even though being a stunt guy is fun and cool, I actually wasn't really happy with my career. Mm. And at that point, I, you know, you could say I had made it, I had established myself, I was making a good living, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. But it, it made me realize that I wasn't really fulfilled with what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I, at that point, I made a decision and I said, I'm going to be a writer, director, producer, and I'm going to set myself a limit of time to do that. And I decided on 10 years. Okay. And when I told a lot of people, they're like, why would you take so long? You know, why, you know, and, and, but the real, the reality is when you look at a lot of the successful writers and directors and producers, you know, it takes time Um, with writers and directors. It takes time to hone your craft. It takes time to get world experience, you know, all these kind of things as a producer, it takes maturity. It takes connections. It takes, you know, so many different things. And also I had to shed being a stunt guy Mm. and, you know, get people to take me serious. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that 10 year plan went into, you know, action. Um, I started making more short films. Um, I joined another production. uh, I got recruited to join a small production company. We did a couple feature films there. Uh, We ended up doing a bunch of web content, which was pretty cool and and fun at the time. And then I kind of got to that 10 year mark Mm. and, you know, I was making stuff. I was still having to be a stunt guy to pay the bills. Um, And I was really focusing back on writing because that's what I really, really love. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, you know, if I, if I decided to leave the film industry or whatever, I could still write, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. the great thing that I loved about it. Um, but I was, I was kind of at this point where I wasn't sure if I was going to continue the, the, the dream or shift. Yeah. And, and I decided to take a real hard look at it. And then like the opportunity to join bright light came up hmm. and it was like, okay, well, you know, I'm past the time that I said I was going to do, but obviously this is a huge opportunity. Let's take another crack at it. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted, like my real dream was to be a writer director. Um, but again, like nobody would really produce me and, you know, it was hard to get my writing out there and no one was interested in Asian writers for a while or whatever. 
So I said, look, if I focus on producing and I work my way up as a producer, for one, I can learn and produce myself, <laughs> or two, I can produce other people like me who don't have that opportunity and don't have that producer who, you know, is looking for those types of stories. So, yeah. you know, I kind of put my own writing and directing dream aside and just focused on producing and, you know, five, six years later, five, six years later, you know, I'm at a point where I can look at saying, okay, well, I'm going to focus on some writing again. And, you know, maybe I'm going to do another short film. Um, but more importantly, I'm looking to produce younger talent, specifically Asian talent and mm -hmm. develop their work and get them out there and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like when it comes to addressing those kind of systemic issues, when it comes to representation, you do need a bit of everything in every stage of the, the production, right? So you do need producers who have that kind of mandate to look for those type of roles and those types of talents. I mean, I feel like just thinking of the parallels between Kim's Convenience and Banana Boys, how Kim's Convenience started as a play as well, and then it got developed into the comedy series. When it comes to finding the, the right representative talent, right now you know i mean the talent pool also needs to have that shift where more asian talents feel like they can step away from the traditional you know jobs of like trying to become a doctor or, or lawyer that type of thing to actually take that risk how have how has it been right now to find the kind of asian talent that's that's out there that can be a part of these uh these new productions or developments it's it's been um it's been tough you know yeah. There, there's always a desire for people with experience and resumes and all that kind of stuff. And then when you look at the Asian community, it's like, okay, there's six or seven or maybe a dozen. Um, and they're all on various shows and, and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, when it comes to the up and comers, you know, it's it, like, how do you find them? How do you go out? And part of the mm -hmm. reason why I did bath panels and, and, and all these various things was to me, I use them as platforms to say, okay, I'm speaking, I'm telling you my story. Here's my email and here's my phone number. Call me, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, I got flooded with, with emails and, you know, since then I've hired you know, a handful of the people and I'm developing a couple of the people and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of like the grassroots way of finding it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, what you mentioned about kind of Asians, you know, going away from the traditional expectations to what we're doing, it's tough. There's not a lot of people out there who are willing to do it. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of people who, go out and get their degree. And, and when it comes to writers, it could be a good thing that you go out and get a degree. Like I've met a couple of, you know, people fresh out of school and they're like, yeah, I got my psychology degree and thinking of becoming a writer instead. And I'm like, no, 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 no. that's awesome. You want to continue to be a psychologist because now you're analyzing people and that's what we do, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, again, life experience is great. The great thing about writing, like I said, you can be a doctor and write, you know, you can yeah. be a lawyer and write. You don't necessarily have to 100% dedicate your time to it. And then if someone says, Hey, this is a really good script. I need you to, you know, we're going to produce you or whatever, then you might be able to step away from your job or you might be able to just hand it over or, you know, so 
it's it, it's funny because I, I was talking to the head of VAF about this and it is kind of like a systemic thing where, and again, like I'm, I'm finding there are more female Asian creatives that are kind of established or becoming established or getting themselves out there compared to the males, because I yeah. think there is the stigma of, you know, oh, you're going to go be a writer, you know, what, yeah. like, what's that going to do for you? You know, you're going to go be a director well who's going to hire you and who's going to tell your story you know it, it i think there's more of a fear for the for the guys to kind of take that leap hmm. um you know so you know i'm getting out there and talking to people and encouraging them and it's and it's not leave everything behind and follow your dream you know one of the things that i'm kind of preaching to everyone is and and i've helped with a lot of the people that i'm that i've hired that i've met is like look find a job in the industry you know, whether it's being a PA or an office assistant, or if you can get into props, or if you can get into something like anything, get into the industry. Because then, one, you're getting paid to learn. <laughs> yeah. Two, you're meeting people. And three, you, you're, you know, the industry pays well. You know, like, where, where can you go when your starting salary is, you know, $20 an hour with no resume? You know, and then you're going to work 12 hours a day and get massive overtime, and you're going to get fed. Yeah, right? craft yeah exactly so you know it, 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 it can be hand in hand so it's like don't you don't have to think that it's like oh i have to give up everything and you know starve and you know to, to write a to be a writer or to be a director it's like if you want to do it you can do it like i know people who have full-time jobs who shot short films and even a feature film on weekends mm -hmm. you know eight weekends in a row they were filming you know, there's nothing stopping you these days, especially with technology. You know, you can go shoot your movie on a phone, right? So, um, yeah. So going back to kind of the talent pool, yes, it's not huge. Um, yes, it's growing. And I think more people are starting to realize that there is, uh, you know, this avenue of creativity that they can follow. <laughs> Amazing. Um this is incredible. I like, I swear we could go for hours with you and to talk about this whole thing, but um, almost just to wrap it up there though, it, it does seem like Vancouver is a, a great uh, city to be creative at the same time, but also there are barriers too. Um, if you could like redesign Vancouver's creative spaces and everything like that, what's one of the major things that you would do to really, you know, uh, have more people go into the more creative spaces there? I think Vancouver already has a lot to offer in that, in, in the sense that, you know, we've got a lot of film schools, we've got a lot of, you know, art schools, all that kind of stuff. The film industry is a very prominent thing in our city. <laughs> and, you know, aside from me going to high schools and giving talks and saying, hey, there's a there's, you know, there's an industry here that you can be in. It, it really comes down to people just getting out there themselves. And, there and one are. of one of the one of the hard parts with writers is that, you know, most of the time you sit in your room and you're right, you know, and, and there's no business mindset. There's no nothing. You're being creative. Well, you got to get out there. You got to meet people. You got to, you know, you got to network. And obviously that's even harder with COVID these days. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I am doing is, you know, with VAF, with everything else, you know, networking and stuff, is I'm just learning to connect people. And... You know, I've reached out to some of the top Asian creatives in the in Canada and said, look, 
you know, a lot of them have said like, yeah, like I'm in a writer's room and usually the only Asian and they say, Hey, we'll, we'll look to hire a script coordinator, like a junior person. We want to hire someone Asian and they go, I don't know anybody. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's not their fault, but it's also because there's no way for anybody to connect. You know, the the great thing about COVID is that now we have zoom as a normal thing. Mm -hmm. So it's so much easier for me to go, Oh, Hey, so-and-so in Toronto, I want you to meet these three people in Vancouver. I think they're great writers or I think they're great up and coming producers. You know, they could be assistants, they could be whatever, or maybe you want to read their writing sample and then they have a zoom coffee and they're off to the races, you know, and then it's up to the senior people to kind of look out for and, you know, give opportunities to the younger people. Amazing. Just get started. That's the main thing though, right? Like just it's, do it's it. Get started and just like, a lot of people are like, oh, you should start an organization and you should do, you know, you can do panels and you can do these kind of things. And those are valuable and great. But for me, it's really just connecting people on a, on a grassroots level yep. and then, and then bringing people up that way. To me, that's the, it, it comes down to, it's connecting people for the purpose of some t- type of mentorship. And I think that's the one biggest thing that I've been challenging a lot of people to is saying, okay, it's not mentorship and that you have to have somebody beside you all the time. And, you know, always, you know, giving them advice and all this kind of stuff. It's like, you know, giving them your email address and saying, Hey, where, what do you want to do? And they're like, I want to be in a writer's room. It's like, okay, what kind of writer's room do you want to be in? And they say, I want to write comedy. It's like, great, go write three spec scripts or go write one spec script or take, uh, you know, your favorite TV show and write an episode. And then when you've got that, send it to me and I'll critique it. And then all of a sudden you've got writing samples and you've got somebody who's read it and give you feedback. And then somebody who might go, wow, this is great. I'm going to send it to my friend, you know? So that's kind of, to me, a way to kind of have people jump up. And it goes back to me when I was up and coming as a, as a, as a wannabe writer director and nobody would produce me. So I learned how to produce myself. And then I got recruited as a producer and then I learned how to produce more and more and I climbed, climbed the ladder, mm-hmm. but I never had anyone to call and say, Hey, like I have this idea or I want to do this, or can you help me with this? Like I never really had anyone. I had, you know, a few directors here and there give me some advice, but, but no one I could really, really lean on or no one that would read a script for, from me. And, and, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to create that space in a not, I want to say not organized, but organized way. Yeah. Aaron, really thank you for creating that space though, to a space that you never got when you were, you know, going up the ladder. But um, it does say a lot that, you know, if you didn't get that space, you still create one for the future generation because it does mean a lot for Vancouver. So thanks for doing that, man. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Yeah. I'm on that ground. That goes back to my saying no is because that in that world, I'm not there yet. Mm. We're not there yet. Right. Mm-hmm. It's starting and it, you know, it's new. Um, but I think it's got good momentum and, and we've found great people and we found great allies and, and everyone is out to kind of do the same thing right now. So we'll get there. Amazing. Nice. Love it. Well, you're giving me so much hope for the future, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. So much hope for the future. That's, I mean, that's what this podcast is about as well. Like giving our listeners a little insight in the process of making it, how to get started, getting some advice from, from people in the industry. And I think what you've shared today definitely is, 
is very valuable information for like, you know, the Asian listeners that are out there that might be interested in, in joining or joining the movement. So very, really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. No problem. And like I said, on everything else, like, you know, uh, you can find me online. Uh, brightlightpictures.com is our website. My email's on there. Uh, to any of you up and coming creators out there, if I haven't met you yet, reach out, like send me an email. Don't be shy. A lot of people have been shy and they wait months and months and then they see me again and I've hired so-and-so and I've hired so-and-so and I'm developing this and they're like, ah, I missed it. It's, it's never too late. Reach out. You know, I, I need to know who's out there because that's the only way we'll get people up. Absolutely. Well, we'll definitely include your email in our uh, video descriptions and everything as well. Cool. Awesome. Um, let's let's do a quick round of some word association for 2022 there. Yeah, let's okay. do it. Okay. So for our uh, new listeners, uh, this is what we like to do on the podcast. At the end of our podcast, we like to ask our guests uh, a word association game. Uh, just, you know, clear our heads, get a little loose. Uh, so I'll have 10 words. Lucas will also have 10 words. And uh, Aaron, your job is to clear your mind. And as e you hear each word, just say the first word that comes to mind. It could be an image. It could be like, I don't know, a memory, something like that. And then we'll just go through each word one by one and uh, we'll see what we get. All right. How are you feeling? I'm more nervous about this than anything else. <laughs> All right. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Just we'll, we'll, we'll be, it'll be good. It'll be good. All right. So Aaron, clear your mind, empty it of thoughts. And I'll start with my 10 words. So your first word is childhood. Fun. Banana. Complicated. Sun. Oh, my world. Solitude. Huh. I don't know. Interesting. Mm. Next word. Goal. Moving. River. Bruce Lee. Nice. <laughs> nice. Goat. All right. Next word is circle. Infinite. Hmm. Kumquat. Can't picture it. <laughs> Next word is winning. Never there. Always seeking. Hmm. And last word is finish. Never there. Always seeking. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Those are my 10 words. Very interesting um, answers. Definitely like the Bruce Lee one, flow like a river or like be like water, all of that. Ugh. Lucas, your turn. All right. Okay. First word of 10. Vancouver. Home. Stunts. Fun. Asian. That's an interesting one. I don't know. <laughs> You've stumped me on that one. Oh, maybe it's, it, you know, I feel what? Like... It's, it's complex. Complex. Like, yeah. It. Okay. Next word, film. Passion. 
directing. Passion as well. Acting. Respect in the sense that I respect them so much because I can't do it. Happy to do it. Community. Important. Nice. Bridge Studios. It's been home for me for seven years. Nice. Nice. Caffeine. A necessity. <laughs> and your last word, Aaron. <laughs> I know what to say. Still going. There we Still are. Going. Give it up for Aaron. There we are. Awesome. Um, yeah, we'll link it all below too, but quickly, uh, just what are your handles and social media? Uh, I don't really, like, I'm kind of on Facebook, but considering leaving. <laughs> um, and I don't really, I'm not really much of a social media guy. I just email. Oof, email. Yeah. That's that's kind of like, you know, I just find me on email. That's where everybody's at. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Cool. Amazing. Yeah, we'll have that linked in and everything there for you. Um, uh, just to let you guys know as well for me uh, social media handles you can follow me at, at Josh Yang Comedy and of course if uh, you know you have trouble sleeping you can listen to the Sleep with Josh podcast where I read genuinely boring materials like laws the dictionary terms of services nobody reads that so I read it and you can fall asleep to it so the Sleep with Josh podcast and Lucas what are your handles I'm really hoping this won't cut out again, but you can find me across social media, be it Instagram or Facebook at Lucas John Ng. And if you like what you see and hear, you can follow us on Instagram or wherever you listen to your podcast at HWMIY podcast there. Give it up for Aaron one more time. This was give it up for Vancouver and Aaron and, and all the people building that community. It's incredible. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you both for having me. Awesome. Awesome. We'll see you all in two weeks time then. See you later. Right.